podcast, look out for the big falling moon from the sky. And welcome to the podcast. <laughs> if you see me walking down the street, uh, what's the lyrics? Crying with my hands and dragging with my feet. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, if you call me Ross, you can make me whole again. Okay. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, both of us have just gone so far off the reservation today. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everyone. We are, uh, it's Ross and Phil Talk Movies, and today we are going to be talking <laughs> what could be the greatest film of 2022 already. Uh, we're going to be talking Moonfall. No, 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 don't switch off. Don't switch off. Come back, come back to us. We'll explain why. Um, and that, of course, is going to lead us to talk about um, some notable disaster movies and other such stuff as well. But before we get to that, Ross, how the devil are you, my friend? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's been pretty good. We've um, done a few interesting things recently. Uh, Jenny finally caved in and went to see Hamilton with me, which was my seventh time. I know, she had, she had mixed thoughts on it, but I think she's sort of up for seeing it again at some point. So that's interesting. In 20 uh, years' time. <laughs> uh, we should definitely discuss the arrangement we've talked about before, because I think she'd be very excited about doing that. Uh, and then also we went to, I've got to give, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast or not, but uh, we went to another edition of uh, Solve a Longer Murder, she wrote. Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you've done that. That looks awesome. It is, it is excellent. It is it. There's another one at the end of February, which we're arguing and arguing about because to see it two weeks apart, I mean, they're totally different episodes every time. To see course, it two weeks apart, we're not sure. Is the but magic there's still one in there? March. That's the question, right? It is absolutely amazing. It's, it is categorically <laughs> I, one of the best nights out in London you can have. If, uh, I, if I can get up and because uh, it's quite late, isn't it? It does finish at like 10, 30, 11, but of course we have a spare room, but you're more than welcome. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no, it, no. Is, it is absolutely, it is absolutely worth it. I think I think I probably owe you this, right? Like, like I I, I haven't been up to your house, so let, let's let's get something organised because I think I absolutely and I'm going to be in London a bit more as well. So, so I think um I think it's we'll always on do that. it's always on a Thursday, always on a Thursday. Uh, and we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. Mate, worst case, <laughs> yeah. There's 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 ways there's ways and means there's ways and means. Cool. Uh, I went up to see uh, I went up to the Harry Potter studio tours yesterday for the second time oh. in about four years. And uh, I have to say, it's uh, it's changed so much since the last time I was there. It's like, um, it's 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 insane, right? This is somewhere where literally you just walk around and hear about people talking about making films and see props and some bits and pieces. There's no rides. There's no kind of. It's literally just something you walk around and you can spend three to four hours there easily, like easily right. if you look at everything and take everything in and watch all the videos and. You know, obviously, we've both done the, the photo exhibit exhibit in Covent Garden, which is amazing. Yes. Yes, this is, really. And the cafe, the cafe at the end is Oh, my God, it's alone. so good. Well, actually, the, yeah. the restaurant yeah. they, they have at the, the, the new restaurant they have at the studios is gorgeous. What's, what yeah. I find so insane about, like, like that the studio tours at Harry Potter, it's part of Leaves and Studios, right? Which is a working, yes. not just a working, but incredibly busy film production studio. Yes. Incredibly busy. Yes, they are They are overrun, literally. Um, and they've got, like, two fuck-off great big sound stages. That's a technical term, by the way. Um, just dedicated to this studio tour, which tells you how much money it must be making if they can afford to lose two sound stages in a country where studio space just doesn't exist anymore. Like, there's, like no. they're literally converting well, warehouses I, I, now. I don't know if you're aware. I believe it's Sheffield. 
I think it's Shepparton and Elstree, but I might be getting that wrong. They're having, a, I think it's those two studios, they're having a massive amount of expansion. Yeah, like, well, they like need to, right? Masses of expansion. Well, they have to, yeah. Like, there's, there's... Them, but, but it's extraordinary how how ambitious it is. You know? And there's no, there's no... There's no spare studio space. Like Amazon have got like no. like Warner Brothers uh, uh, leaves them. That's it. You can't get anything else in there. Um, Pinewood's booked up. Like Shepparton's booked Netflix up. You've is got, Shepard, Netflix is Shepparton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got Amazon just taking up st- uh, studio space for um, uh, Citadel, their their TV series that they're doing. And it's like mm. like and that's just like the fucking streaming companies, right? <laughs> like yes, exactly. exactly. It's insane. But yeah. so. The, so, like in in short, I know you haven't done it yet, but I, I highly recommend it. It is, but it, what it is? Oh, we will. We're, we're absolutely planning to do it. It's it's almost less about. This is a weird way to say this. It's less about Harry Potter, and more about like like the art and wonder of filmmaking. Do you remember the? Did you ever go to the Mummy Museum in the BFI in London? Museum of the Moving Image. I don't so the museum with the moving image was amazing. It was this thing at South Bank mm. in London, right? And oh, I went to the I went to I think to museum of moving image, but it wasn't the mummy exhibition. No, no, no. As in mummy M O M I Museum of the Moving Image. Oh, I mean, sorry, yeah. I thought you were talking specifically. <laughs> no, about no, no, no. The mummy. no. So, 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 do you remember? Like, That's that, really funny. And it was such an amazing little. It was such an amazing kind yes, of testament to filmmaking. And they had that bit where they had the, the cowboy soundstage, and you got to act along and do stuff. I went there with school, and it yeah. was. It was one of the most insanely fun places. And the, like like the Harry Potter thing, obviously it's all about Harry Potter, but there's so much about the magic of filmmaking and effects and props and art design and set design. It's, it really is beautiful. And you don't have to love Harry Potter to enjoy it. If you like no. films, loving Harry Potter does kind of help as well. But so anyway, it's brilliant. Really, really good. Um, so yeah, so look, let's let's do what we always do, Ross. Let's talk about the films we have most recently seen. Um, mm. So, <laughs> so over to you. You can start because obviously, you've, well, there's a story here. <laughs> just to let you know, just to let you know, uh, Jenny and I are planning to see Death of the Nile this afternoon, which I'm quite. Oh, cool. About. I saw that yesterday, uh, so I'll talk about that in, yes. with no spoilers. Yes, I saw. I saw you post it. I'm. I'm uh, Let's, yeah, let's talk about it later. So, my most recent mm, here we go. We're going to talk about Moonfall separately. Obviously, so, I mean that's like the, the 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 highlight of both of our lives. <clears throat> yes, I'm going to briefly touch on two of the new, like the two newest films. Yeah, in terms of 2022 releases, uh, and then obviously the old one. So the two 22, tw- yeah. 2022, the two 2022 releases that I have Easy watched you recently, say, sir. barely. Uh, first, one, so the most recent one I watched last night on Netflix, <laughs> it's called Brazen. Now, Brazen. I don't know if you know about this film, Brazen. It stars uh, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> already, I'm it's out. Actually based, right. Well, it's already based. <laughs> it's based on a book called Brazen Virtue. Now, if I try and get into what the plot is, uh, right. She, hold on, hold on. The first bit, okay, line look, sounds like this is a sequel right, okay. to, um, to the yeah. plane movie we watched. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> how can I explain this? this yeah. Alyssa awful. Milano is a, it's really hard. Alyssa Milano plays essentially the author of the book that the film is based on, if that makes huh? sense. Okay. So, so, in the film, 
Alyssa Milano has written a book called Brazen Virtue, which is a real life book that the film is based on. So if you think a little bit about uh, Emily Deschanel in Bones, is based on the author of the Bones books, right? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. But but imagine that, but not as good, right? Okay. So that's that's the first bit. And then she, she her sister, right? She <laughs> gets a, It's really hard to explain. The thing is, the plot is incredibly simple and I'm having great difficulty explaining it. She gets a call from her sister who was sort of estranged from for a while uh-huh. to come and see her. So she goes to see her sister. Now her sister used to have issues with like, they don't quite specify, but like alcohol and drugs and stuff. And she essentially got split up with her husband. Her husband has custody of their kid. She's trying to sort of clean herself up and get her kid back. This is nothing wrong with this particular uh-huh. part. And she's, she's making a living as a, as a high school teacher. Okay. But she has a double life. In her double life, she is a sexy cam girl called Desiree, especially in BDSM, specializing in BDSM. There's no nudity in this film, by the way, and there's no sex or anything. There's no, it's all perfectly clean. It's a bit, it's a bit like a, a Hallmark Lifetime type movie. Yeah, no, so I'm, like, like this literally sounds like a, a, now, a sequel to the plane thing now, from last year. Now, Alyssa Milano being a writer, there's also a little bit of castle in this. It, Alyssa Milano being a writer, you realize we only have an hour-long podcast, right? We no, this is going to take at least this is going to take at least eighty minutes. Alyssa Milano, being a writer, goes to the place. Oh, sorry, but by the way, the sister's <laughs> next-door neighbor is a cop who is having I'm losing the will to live. To decorate. It's amazing. You need to watch it now. Just stop the podcast. Watch it now. We'll come back. Uh, He's a cop. Who lives I, next door. I can promise I'm never. Going and, to then, and then, and then, and then, her sister gets murdered while, like, after doing her camera cam stuff yeah right and then and then she goes to offer her services as a consultant to the police uh-huh. now the police captain is a a you go get em girl woman who uh-huh. who would when you look at the police chief in this film you're looking at someone who would normally be like a p a, a, like an a, 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 was a pa in like Sex in the City. She doesn't look anything like a police person. She doesn't have any kind of bearing of a police person. She is literally like, it looks like she reads romantic fiction while at work on her computer. I'm not uh-huh. exaggerating. That's, that's the chief of police, right? Uh-huh. Now, the cop who becomes her boyfriend in about the space of a day doesn't want her involved in the case because obviously it's her sister. And blah, blah, blah. But she convinces the police chief because she's a brilliant intuitive she's a writer she writes crime novels right and the police chief says you're <laughs> you're one of the best uh what's the word profilers i've ever experienced you you've read her books they're not real they're not they're not a real thing they're, they're even if they're based on real life shit they're books she immediately hires her on the spot as a consultant now, the next step is uh, uh, more cam girls start getting murdered. Uh, more cam girls start getting murdered, a couple of them on camera. And the way that Alyssa Milano decides to lure out the killer is to adopt her sister's cam girl persona. Has anyone got any problems with this so far? I've got so many problems with this so far. The, the cop boyfriend doesn't want her to do it. Uh, the chief of police is like, yes, that's the best way to do this. 
I'm like, how did she get to be in a police station? Did she kill someone and take over her? Uh, you honestly, you should watch uh, it. It's amazing. Now, now I'm not going to talk about this film any further because it, thank God. It, it is, You'll know who the killer is the moment you see them. Like, there's well, like three uh, yeah. obvious. Choices. I mean, let, let, we'll get right. onto that it's one later. Absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd, and I laughed all the way through it. It's it's almost moonfall good. It's <laughs> wow. almost moonfall good because That's... it is because it is because there's a sequence where Alyssa Milano, who is this you know author or whatever, yeah. does herself up in her sister's sexy kit. Okay, I'm out. I'm so I'm so shoot. out of this film. And and and, and it is and it is. It is hilarious. Okay. You're so, going, you've never done this. You've never done anything like this. Like, what are you doing? Uh, okay. I, have, I have nothing else I can tell on that. Um, and your other new film? No. Uh, my other new film. Uh, oh, 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 yes. Okay. Jackass Forever. I, I thought you were going to, because I, I noticed you watched The Power of the Dog, but um, you're going to just avoid that one. I know, but, but that was, I watched that in like January or something. Oh, okay. I, I totally cool. forgot to mention it when we were talking about it ages ago. Is it, any, is it worth watching? Because I'm, right, I'm so very Jenny, cold on it. Jenny, Jenny liked it. Okay. I can say very good bits in it, but it is, an, I found it excruciating. Okay. It's got a very, I won't not to ruin anything, it's got a very good ending. It, here's my suggestion watch it for 20 no for real watch it for 20 minutes yeah if you're happy enough with how it's pootling along for real yeah, yeah if you're happy enough with how it's pootling along keep going I I, I mean I was literally doing work I, while she had it on I have a list of like it and checking out. 20 films to watch uh, I can't even I get can say it, had, right? I can say hand on heart I do not understand how it has 12 Oscar nominations, except for it's Jane Campion, I guess. Oh, like, no, I don't and know again, this, is, this is the same reason why. And also, I'm... Lady, what the fuck with no nomination for Lady Gaga? What and what the fuck, fuck the nomination for Nightmare Alley? I mean, Nicole. whatever yeah, your I thoughts on Nightmare that. Alley, whether you thought it was okay or not, it ain't. And like, this is ridiculous. We're now just going, well, yeah. Guillermo de Torres made a film, let's give him an Oscar nomination. It's like, no, I, can't, I don't the understand that. Shit. At all. I... Well, how bad is how bad would he ever submit? I don't. I, what else was submitted? I don't. I, it's, it's. But also, again, this weird thing where it's the best picture, but you Ooh. can't be the. You're not the best not director. director. Same with Dune. Same with Dune. How is that possible? Yeah, it's like it I, is I'm actually really. I'm really. I am really rooting for Dune. By the way, I I came out of Dune liking Dune, but with my reservations as a. You've grown on that. It's a bit but, of grower for you, hasn't uh, it? It really has. It has stayed with me. I've got the Blu-ray and I will be watching it. And Jenny wants to watch it, which is great. And by the way, and it, I don't think my opinion has changed a bit. It, like I say, I just have certain reservations. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all. I am currently overjoyed that it has so many nominations compared to what the other nominations are. Yeah, the, the No Lady like, Gaga re- thing re- was insane. That's insane. But also, and no, Nicole Adam Kidd right? getting nominated. No, that's a bit. I thought Adam Driver was great in um, House of Gucci. Yeah, I'm no, he's, that he's much great. Of a fan. But his, but it wasn't the without getting too obvious here. It wasn't for showy role, wasn't it? It was no, no, no. Tom, Lady Gaga. It was for Tom Cruise. It was for Tom Cruise the Dustin Hoffman role, wasn't it? Yeah, you know Lady I mean. Gaga like, owned that film. Yeah, she was fucking. Regardless of what you think of the film, I mean, I thought, Jenny it was fun. Said, like, I thought it was a like fun she film. believed she believed she was the character. She just yeah. completely believed she was the character. Uh, it was a she fun didn't see film. Gaga. Yeah, I, I really. I mean, say for Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott, keep giving, keep giving me those. Just keep giving me those. I mean, it could have been forty-five minutes shorter though. Fucking hell! Of course it could have. Yeah, no, no, it absolutely could have. But you know what? But you know what? Like I say, in the cinema, (laughs) 
as an absolute rarity, didn't feel the need for a piss once. I genuinely don't have That's any really clue rare. planet Jared Leto was on. Anyway, let's also about, let's talk about Jackass. Uh, Jackass Forever yeah, yeah. was fucking brilliant, wasn't that? Jackass Forever. One of the best films made of the year? It, it easily may, may be my number one film so still far. by the end of the year. Like, yeah. like maybe, but, and, and all I mean by that is I haven't laughed so hard in a cinema in for and I wasn't expecting like, I everyone, if anyone but, Jackass same so Jackass 3 we all know was incredible which yep. was uh, I think was a sort of like I like they're all Jackass. good to be fair Jackass they're, all they're all good they're all good but I remember watching the first one they yeah and it is kind of funny they're, two they're... really elevate two really elevates yeah and then three is like a pi- honestly a pinnacle in what I would call comedy slapstick but whatever you want to call it but, but each of them have each of them have issues right each of them have issues with the thing Kermo nailed it best when he said about this film is it it's an mm. equal opportunity film it's it's a film where the male genitalia is constantly put on display to be embarrassed ridiculed you and... see you see more bullsack in Jackass Forever than in most gay porno yeah <laughs> for real I'm, 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 I'm mean, not, I'm not I have no I have no frame I'm not making a joke but I'm not making a joke you know I have zero oh, frame Phil, of reference for this <laughs> But I'm hey, um, you, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but no, you're right. Listen, and come down, come down. We'll watch. Some- <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I'm just going to remind you that that that, 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 that I'm not even going to go into. We we there with no. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm just flashing back to like like the early nineties. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, anyway, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, <laughs> don't don't delete this. This is gold. Oh dear. Anyway, um, it's just I did not stop laughing, but I I also love the fact that, and again, Kermode said this, and I think he's right. Right. It doesn't matter what size you are, whether you're no. the big fat guy, whether you're the it's an equal opportunity. Guy. It's an equal opportunity. Uh, everyone gets like the high fives, and there's no there's no kind of mean piss taking out of people. Also, no one escapes, which I love as well. No, nobody and, escapes. Anyone anyone who was there to prank someone else gets the shit yeah. out of them, and that's and, amazing. And it's, it's done such... I'm a massive fan, massive fan of Mary Fondre. Have you ever seen? Have you seen? <coughs> just honest. Have you watched Bad Trip on Netflix because it is superb? It's a really good primer for Jack. It's it's Eric Andre's road trip movie. I genuinely think I did. It's great. Um, It's great. It was was charming. It was funny. It was um, moving. It was (laughs) moving. Also, it has the best ever scene of a camera operator throwing up that I've ever seen. Oh my God. It's brilliant. There were nine of of us sitting in the cinema. It was a really empty cinema at Pitch House Central, which is wonderful. Nine of us. And at first, you kind of feel almost like, can I laugh? I, I laugh anyway. I don't give a fuck. But you know what I mean? It's a yeah. small audience. It felt like we should have all gone to the pub afterwards. We I... were all hardcore. Uh, there was a point when I heard myself, heard myself screaming with laughter. Yeah. I heard, like, it was like I was outside my body hearing myself going, ah! I watched it, um, I watched it in the cinema. I watched it in the marina in Brighton. Uh, by the way, weird fucking cinema seats in that place. Weird. I mean, it's just weird cinema. That place three times, and it was a very odd experience. It's just a horrible. Like it was so cold Mm -hmm. as well. But the cinema audience were brilliant. Like you could, or you could hear people every time. Like like someone got hit the bollocks. You literally just heard someone go, "Oh!" You heard the whole audience, all the men in the audience. You you heard people kind of. I literally heard people go, "Oh no, they're not. Oh no, they're not. Oh my (laughs) god!" And like. 
And like, it was, it was, it's one of those weird things where it didn't feel like I was watching a film. It felt like I was watching a live event. Yeah. With like the way people were reacting yeah. to it. It was, it was unlike anything I've seen. And yeah, you're also, right. It might well be number one. It, and also 96 minutes. Yeah, it's I'm really. Ha- I mean, I can't even make it <laughs> six minutes. Um, That's so what look, are supposed to be like. I'm gonna smash two up really quickly, and then we better mm-hmm. move on to Moonfall because otherwise we are mm-hmm. gonna absolutely run out of time. Um, I watched Death on the Nile yesterday. Um, I know critics have been quite cold on it. It's not had the greatest mm-hmm. reception. Um, I, <laughs> I actually kind of enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, like literally, um, five minutes in, I was like, yeah, I've solved this. Like, I don't know <laughs> what the fuck Poirot was playing at. Um, and this gives nothing away, right? Because this is in the opening of the film. And like right. a few reviewers have said this, but any film that gives a mustache an origin story gets oh, my really? vote, right? I yeah, no, no, I shit you not. The whole first 10 minutes of the film is is Hercule Poirot's mustache origin story. I'm quite excited about that. That's it's literally, you're just like, yeah, what? Are we? Um, I am sincere. I am sincerely excited about that. Uh, so that's that's my new one. I also watched the three five five, but let's not talk about that because you know. I don't oh what? Really... Pile of shit that was. That was pretty. We should shit. talk about that for about an hour. It's, oh, it's not even. It's not actually worth my time. The only thing I'll no, say is, and, and the same thing I've said many times before: if you're going to put people in a film, in an action role as super spies, capable mm. super spies, please, please teach them how to use a gun because. Or, or to how to fight. There's a bit when we first meet Jessica Chastain, where she's in like a gym, yeah. beating up someone. What is that, that guy? <clears throat> I mean, that guy sells. Whoever that stunt guy was, he deserves the Oscar. Oh, uh, yeah. He's selling for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he should be in the WWE. He, he sells fights right, so good. Right, it was right? insane. And the only thing I will say is a positive. One thing, one thing. And uh, again, Jenny, pretty much agree. The cast themselves were really good. Yeah. But the material, the material, what I'm saying is the material just does not give. Unfortunately, you Diane Kruger is great. Listen, they're all good. They're all nobody's. No, but yeah, listen. The problem is, you put nobody. three people in a room that I just have no. I'm not a fan yeah, of Diane Kruger. That. I don't like Jessica no. Chastain. Like, sure, no, me like, neither, particularly. And I'm just like, man. Yeah. And but I can't say Cruz she's a, just. But none me of them are bad. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, look, you but can see why Marion Cotillard walked off, you know? None of them can fight. For shit, and none of no, them can hold no. a gun. And no. and the moment you see someone like like doing some kind of weird Steven Seagal nineties mm-hmm. gun if holding, that. if that, yeah. are you just like Ugh. anyway? So what's that? But that's not the one I want to talk about. Oh, I, and I just... very and one last sorry, one Go tiny on. little point. One last little point. In a film that's supposed to be all girl female, I will say they don't yeah. push it too hard on us. But girl, the women yeah. are all the bad artists. They still somehow managed to make the entire film about Sebastian Stan. Yeah, all of it. The whole, um, the whole film is about Sebastian Stan. Oh, and can I just say, sorry, 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 sorry. I just, I can't, when we get to the writing of this, the bad guy's name is Nick. <laughs> well done. Well done, Simon Kimberg, or whoever the fuck you are. Oh, Simon well Kimberg, such your, a fucking so, Right, fucking, how does he get to make films? Like, what are we going to call the bad guy? Let's call him Nick. Yeah, so I'm not saying I'm not saying you should be Professor Rimberg. I just Nick, really, really. Simon okay, Kimberg has written some of the shittiest. He hasn't done anything good. Has he done? Akiva Goldsman has done some good things, right? For real, Akiva Goldsman, who was for a while yeah, the yeah. shit behind behind Batman. Uh, yes, no, he has done some very good things. He wrote good for Star Wars Rebels really, for a while. Genuinely, he's done the point is genuinely good things. I can't looking at Simon Kimberg's credits. Whose nephew is he? Because yeah. for real, 
for real. Well, here we go. Here's very quickly. one good thing. Triple X2, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, X-Men The Last right, right. Stand. Nothing. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the TV movie. Hmm. Jumper. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Guy Ritchie. That was all right. Um, X-Men it Days of Future good. Past. You can't call it great, though. No, X-Men Days yeah, of Future Past. That was all right. No. Fantastic Four. Guff. Right. X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Guff. X-Men Dark yeah. Phoenix. Guff. Ter- absolutely terrible. Like, objectively terrible. Anyway, it's that's terrible. not the film I want to talk about. Uh, really quickly, because mm-hmm. again, Moonfall. Um, I watched uh, 1999's Double Jeopardy with uh, Ashley Judd oh! and Tommy Lee it, Jones. It, but do you know my favourite thing about that film? My favourite thing about that film is it's not accurate. Like, it's not a real <laughs> thing. Like, can you imagine the number of people who watched it and thought, I could do this. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, no, it's, it's not actually legal. It's actually no, fine. It. It's, a, it's a good it's film. It's a perfectly fine thriller. And and on that note, I watched Wild Things. As you oh, <laughs> no. And you can't, had a you great can't time. tell me that. You can't time. tell me that. Had a great time. On oh, an op- episode where we're running out of time. No, that you've watched had Wild Things. Time. Because, great time. fuck my life, we could talk about this film for ages. It yeah. is. The yeah. music in that great film. Time. That kind the music's of music's awesome. Bluegrass. That throbbing music is fantastic. Yeah, bluegrass, blue, 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 bluegrass, Florida <laughs> kind of. I can't fucking Ruby, speak. But it's just grass, the music's blue, brilliant. Like it is. Um, it like is. It's throbbing. Kevin Bacon like, like Kevin and Matt Bacon. Dillon have never been yeah. better in a film. Honestly, I know. I know. Like I know. Kevin's Bacon makes a, a guest appearance. I know. Like and by the way, Teresa Russell. Fuck it up. Yeah. Oh my like, god. Yeah. Like like the twist. It's the great. Constant it's twist great. in the film. It's great. It is absolutely an underrated, and I am going to use this word, it's a fucking classic. It is. I know, I agree. There there was a time for about three or four years after it came out, it was referred to a lot because it was like a neo-noir. Yeah. Twisty-turny neo-noir. Everyone's read it. There's obviously the the obvious sex scene with like Denise Richards and and Dave Campbell and Matt Dillon. But you know what? For one, it's a real fucking hell. Is Teresa Russell banging her like lover? Yeah, yeah. That is an insane. Oh my that god, is an she still can't that act for shit. Bush. But like, no one yeah, in that film can it. act. It's brilliant. It's like it's twist after twist right. after twist yeah. after twist. Just does, and it gives it is a satisfying. It is a satisfying movie. Yeah, it's, it's and and like I said to you, my 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 overriding memory for the rest of my life will be being in the cinema in America mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And when Denise Richards and Neve Campbell kiss, the guy next to me going, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, so and movies just don't so, get any better so see, than that. I can so see him, I can so see him wearing a trucker cap. No, no, this is it. He had a Czech shirt, and I'm pretty sure right, he had a trucker cap. All right, sure no stereotyping aside. Stereotyping aside, yeah, that was what he, if not, that's how I now perceive him. It was sure. I think Wild Things is a absolute text in how to write a a a sleazy like exploitative you can feel the neo-noir heat. You, can feel the heat. you can feel the heat in the film like you yeah. can feel it it's like, shot it's well proper, as well like predator it is it's really really well but it's a really well made film you can talk about all the, the um erotic aspects but to be blunt that's like four percent of the movie yeah it's actually it's not, really not the point probably really. the and it's quite a it's quite a kind of you know, for its time, it, for, for its time, it's ahead of its time. Like it's yeah. very kind of like female power kind of. It is. You know, the women hold all the power in this movie and all the balls. Absolutely. Um, yes, literally. Totally. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Anyway, on the subject of films so bad that they're good, mm-hmm. let's talk Moonfall. Mm. 
Oh, look, we need four or five hours at least to really get into this. I I love that film. I think, again, it might end up being my film of the year. It might, because it, it beats old. Like, like, like I was just on board with Moonfall from the moment I saw the trailer. The film did not disappoint from the trailer. The trailer shows it to be <laughs> rub- like just rubbish, total nonsense. And it is. And I loved it because it is. Like, this is Roland Emmerich's, like, crowning over. If you think Stargate is probably his best actual film, like, as an actual film, Stargate is probably Roland Emmerich's best. Like, for real, like, as this. No, I love Independence Day, but it's hokey as fuck. Like, I love Independence yeah. Day. But in terms of his best, for real, best film, Stargate is a proper sci fi action movie. There's very little, uh, and I don't, I'll use the word lightly, hokey. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no using a disc, a, a yeah, disc yeah, yeah. to give an alien. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty straight. No, that, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The, but, si- but, the, but science, is... the science in Stargate is accurate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about that bit. I'm talking about the way that it's played. Like there's no, yeah, yeah, it's not. There's no welcome to Earth. You know what I mean? Like it's anyway. We look forget forgetting that for a second. Moonfall is look Mark Camo's review. If anyone just wants to watch Moonfall but not watch it, just watch Mark Camo's review on YouTube because oh, it's he just... really emulates. What I love about it is about three minutes into the review, it's about ten minutes long. He starts to realize. I know he knew, but like in terms of the way he's behaving, he finally starts to go. This is the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. It's he, the stupidest. He goes on such a journey just in his review. He does. And the yes, thing he, he says at the end it's is the best. awesome. Where he turns around and says, and he literally turns around and says, I genuinely can't not recommend, I can't recommend people not to see this. It's yeah, like. It's great. I, the the thing about Moonfall, right. Again, didn't go to the toilets. No. Nope. Didn't go to the toilet once. Loved I, every second of how stupid it was. So Loved it. With Moonfall, right, and this is what, and this is this is what I really found weird. For the first hour and a half, I was like, "This is actually a, a pretty solid film. It's got a few silly bits in it, but it's like I don't get why people are saying this film's like really kind of dumb and badly made and stupid." And yeah. then, and then they go into the moon, and this gives nothing. So, away. and I, at I that just, point, before you wait, 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 just before you say what you're about to say, I got a text from you that said. Everything inside the moon is written by a five-year-old, which is my which is my favourite text. Without any, con- I mean, I knew you couldn't see Moonfall, but I just love the idea that if people don't understand what Moonfall is, everything inside the moon is written by a five-year-old. It's, it's yes, exactly right. You literally go into the moon, and then all of a sudden, it's like Roland Emmerich's slightly insane brother took over writing this film oh, because yeah. it goes from being. Like your kind of standard Roland Emmerich, Emmerich type disaster movie, to being something that's that all of a sudden, and, and and maybe I didn't notice this beforehand, but all of a sudden they start explaining the plot of the film to each other, like but oh, yeah. so everyone they didn't do it for the rest of the film though. It's no, like not to that level. It's, explaining the film, and it, it gets to a point where where I'm kind of like I'm looking at I'm looking at Halle Berry, and I'm like. You won an Oscar and you are delivering oh, yeah, these real. lines as well Patrick as you delivered Wilson, any listen, line ever. Patrick, listen, I agree. Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry, for real, <laughs> deliver the dialogue like, like with such for real commit. Like they don't check out, they never no. check out, they're fully there. Um, even amidst the madness of it all, 
they absolutely hold. And by the way, so does John Bradley. By the way, like it's just in a different. John Bradley like, in a different, is just in a different movie. I don't know what movie he's, he's fucking in. awesome. He's fucking awesome in it though. Like like everyone's awesome in it. His mate with the um the fucking uh, best produce inside the moon conspiracy theory guy. He's amazing. He just disappears unfortunately. But here are the two. There are two acting flat like, and also Michael Pena does pretty good work in this movie Michael Pena There's, are they playing quite right, different so, for Michael Pena yeah I agree I, I actually think that by the end with his fate I thought that was remarkably well handled all things considered like yeah. amidst the chaos um, so the son right Patrick Wilson and uh, his I don't remember the, the actor's name who plays his wife because she's really not that important in the film but but they have like an well, not an estranger, a son who's going off the tracks, right? He's kind of he's dealing drugs or something and stole a car or whatever the fuck. Now, my friends that I saw the film with Jenny did not see this with me. <laughs> you <laughs> we surprised me. To each other and we, and we realized by about a third of the way into the film, he hasn't had any dialogue yet. No. He's only been he's only been in a few scenes, but he's not had any dialogue yet. And then he spoke. And he is an acting flatline from beginning to end. He is, he's, he is like, it, there's two acting flatlines. Him, and also the fact I couldn't get away from the fact he looked like he was in Hanson. You no, know, he literally did. Um, it's like, I, I have no idea Hanson. what, yeah. Who is he? I, I literally don't know who he is. Um, and he's terrible in it, but therefore very enjoyable, but he's terrible in it. And the other guy is the guy playing Halle Berry's ex-husband. Who's oh, the, one yeah, yeah. In the entire movie, through the whole movie, his entire—I can't really do it on an audio only podcast. Charlie Plummer his, is his name. Is that is is it? That's the that's Sorry, the son. Like oh, for, oh, no, oh, right. I see. So there was son. So that was the other thing. In terms of the writing, the fact that the son's name is Sonny made me laugh so hard. I can't. <laughs> like they couldn't think of an actual name. So if I had a daughter, he'd be called Dot. She'd be called Dotty. Like yeah, yeah. we're not going to give her an actual name. So there's that. The guy who plays Halle Berry's ex-husband in it, the general, Colonel Jet, whatever the fuck he is, in the army thing, um, his face is just perpetually screwed up into a ball. I don't know how to... He looks like a roll of paper, a, a piece of paper that's been screwed up. Like, that's what he looks like through the entire... It looks like his face is frozen. And two other very quick things. The thing that I couldn't believe, and the thing that would have improved the film no end, uh, relatively speaking, is there was no precedence in the movie. They keep talking about the president. Yes, they, we never see we never see the president, and I was praying it was going to be Bill Pullman. I mean, that we would never have been see president. So, literally the best thing ever. In fact, we yeah. should edit that in. Um, Donald Sutherland was yeah. good. Donald Sutherland was really good, and again, weirdly serious. Movie. Given different, movie. different movie, and he's in a proper conspiracy film. And given what he think, what I think he's going to do when he goes back to his desk, that's pretty hardcore, man. That's pretty. That's pretty insane. Um, and he was great in it, by the way. But the thing that made me laugh. The first thing that made me laugh... so Well, no, hang on. The three things that made me laugh the hardest. The first one was when Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry actually called their teammates at the beginning of the movie, we get the prologue in space, and they actually called the third guy rookie, meaning <laughs> dead. Meaning dead, like red shirt. They should have called him red shirt. But rookie red shirt. He dies <laughs> about a minute... He dies about a... This is He dies about a minute... After they call him rookie, right? No, Maybe, absolutely, doesn't matter. Just dies immediately, and that was fine. And then the other two things that I love. Well, he should. What, sorry, what, just quickly. What should like, happen is when he died, as he was flying off into space. No spoilers here, by the way. That's it's literally the first minute of the film. He should have. Yeah. He should have just pulled out a picture of his wife from his um oh, from his space suit. Daughter, wife and yeah. daughter. Wife and daughter. Yes. Be tumbling in space with just a picture of his wife. And then as he'd gone, 
all you saw was just a picture of his wife and daughter just floating floating away floating away absolutely absolutely (laughs) um so you know absolutely and the other two things that i laughed at incredibly hard and this this kind of explains a little bit about the film when Halle berry 10 years later there's a thing where it goes 10 years later gets a phone call by the way looks younger 10 years later than she she does does earlier in the film when they've cgi'd her younger i think yes i think they reverse she looked amazing in this film and i think she's terrible in the in the when she when they when they like she looked older than she did when she was older and i'm just like very it was very I don't strange. get that. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Um, so maybe it was like lack oh. now, lack of stress. But so, like, hang on, let's so, talk, no, no. But yes. let's come back to the car chase. Remind me, car chase. Right. I just oh, well, have two, to well, talk car about chase, that. The car chase—that's really good as well. But just, just two points very quickly. The first one is when she first receives a phone call ten years later after the initial space <laughs> incident that there's some shit going down. She picks up her phone and the display just says NASA. And it made me laugh <laughs> so hard. That would just be like, yeah, like, that'd be like that'd be like Jenny, just NASA, not the department, not her boss. By the way, by the way, NASA. It just made NASA. me laugh so hard. I don't know how it might have been just said government, <laughs> government or office. Like fuck off, you fucking. That was insane. NASA. That was insane. That made me laugh so hard. The other thing that made me laugh, like the rookie bit, was. Oh. All the shit, all the shit kicks off. They, they, they finally acknowledge that the moon's fucked and all that stuff. The yeah, moon's yeah. falling, and they send they send Earth's last hope, the Armageddon team, essentially <laughs> into space. Which, by the now, way, unless you go now, back to Armageddon, the, now, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They, they line up the actors to, who are playing those astronauts, yeah, and not one of them is famous. And we just went dead, dead, <laughs> dead, and and. and and they die 90 seconds later. Yeah. What they I die, loved. They die so. That's why I'm, I'm not joking. Sorry, sorry to. No, no. This film takes every beat that it's supposed to and does it so minutes. incredibly efficient. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Within minutes, like, there's no. Even though it's, like, I think it's probably a two hour. T- I assume it's like 130 minutes or wherever it was. Wherever it was. But I didn't feel any drag because it just went. There's the bit you're supposed to do. There's the bit you're supposed so, to do. He's car chase. Go to the car chase. The, the bit that I loved was we could like, do three hours I've, on this. We could do, we I've do watched hours on this. Apollo 13 and I've watched a lot of stuff on space movies, right? Like, I know how long it takes to launch a space rocket into space. Mm-hmm. But apparently, in Moonfall, with a, a tidal wave coming towards them to wipe them out, with mm-hmm. a tidal wave about to kill them all, they can get into the space rocket and with the three people remaining, no mission control here, really. Two guys no. in a room. Well, yeah, one exactly. guy on the ground. They can just go, go. They just go, go, yeah, just go. go. Do it now. And it's like, and, and the, the best bit, five, ten, nine, oh, fuck it. Buff and his launches. I love that. Did. I love that. I love that moment. But it's just and like, also, and also, that thing's been sitting in the museum for 25, yeah. 30 years. Probably. Just goes straight so up. It, it just, it just like, doesn't need fueling, apparently. No, I don't know. No. Like, do they, maybe they do. Maybe they do. I, I literally don't know what happened. It's just, it's, it's the amazing. most insane. Amazing. The car chase. What happened yes. there? So I love the fact they introduced the, this, this crew of bad guys. Just to basically yeah, yeah, die. Some, it's yeah, there's like a, but they're, they're like a bunch of walking dead. And by the way, they're, they're in this. The whole thing's been going on for what? Two days? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not like it's years later there are now survivors having to hunt for No, no, like the whole shit. world goes to shit in 48 hours. Literally yeah, to the point of, insane. like, beyond the first season of The Walking Dead gone to shit. Like, right. we're, in, yeah, we're in, like, exactly. Saviour. We're in kind of like um, the cannibal territory of Walking Dead here. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. 
And so, the, and then they cut to this car chase, and they have this car chase, which genuinely has no reason to be in the film whatsoever, other than the fact no. that again we need a car chase. Fine, let's write a way of doing it. And then it just cuts to footage from 1999's Need for Speed game. Because the right. CGI was just... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was Roland Emmerich. Just because, Do you know, interesting fact about this film, it is the most expensive independent movie ever produced. Yeah, it's a £140 pound independent movie. <laughs> Fucking insane. Because yeah. um, no one would fund, no studio thought this was a good idea. No, If not. no studio thinks it's a good idea, a Roland Emmerich film blowing shit up, then you have problems, people. Or not, as the case may be. Um... And yeah, it just cuts. I'm sure, pretty sure at that point, Roland Emmerich went, fuck, we've run out of money. What are we going to do? Well, if we just take the gaming footage, if I just go on the PlayStation and just, just drive from Need for Speed for a little bit, and we take that footage yeah. and put it in the film, that's a good idea. What PlayStation have you got? Oh, I've got PlayStation 2. Will that do? Yeah, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. So bad. So all of that aside, when they get into the and moon... Therefore, and, therefore, and therefore good. <laughs> and therefore good. When they get into the moon... This film takes such a left turn. It is just, it literally turned into fucking, I don't know what. But all, And all of a sudden, everyone's IQ decreases about a thousand points. Yeah, that's, that's a blessing. When you think about like, it. There's a bit, there's, there's loads of spaceships in the moon. Just for everyone who does Thousands There's a them. fleet of space, and, and none of them are used. <laughs> I thought they were going to jump into a spaceship and yeah. kind of like, oh, we've got a spaceship. Now. And then they are used no. when the weird AI thing oh, no, no. is chasing oh, them. Oh, no, that uses their, it, yes, it uses their cannons or whatever, but they don't, Which, I thought they were going to jump into a cool... Makes no space. sense, by the way. No. I'm no. just, oh my God, it is, it's such that's, a thing of beauty. Yeah. Genuinely it's such brilliant. a thing of beauty, this film. That I just yeah. I genuinely can't describe how brilliantly bad this film is. Yeah, it's it is it is the perfect level because there are moments where you do genuinely care about the characters, including Flatline, like including acting Flatline. There are moments where you care about him. Yeah, because he does and some he, good shit. He does some good shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, the car chase, the, the car chase that Kamo picked up on. The bit during the car chase when there when when there's a gunfight in the car chase <laughs> because there's not enough there's not enough going there's not enough going on. So yeah, the literally the planet is a moon is falling on top of yeah, them. They're the racing them. cars through through all of this. Cliffs, there's a tidal wave about to hit, and at the same yeah. point they just decide to shoot at each other because the, 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 yeah. the like like someone said. Not? Do you know what we need in this scene? This scene we need more guns. more more threat. <laughs> it's like, also, it's an amazing it's an amazing advert for Lexus, isn't it? Because they, they have this whole thing for Lexus car. Because Michael Peña is a Lexus salesman or something, <laughs> which is insane. Um, and, and it's an amazing advert. But, you know, if you get a Lexus, you'll survive the apocalypse, essentially. Um, and and there's a bit where the bad guys are firing guns, at, or a gun, at the good guys chasing them. The good guys start firing back at them. And then someone in the good guy car says, they're firing at us. And I'm like... <laughs> Like when when Kamoth mentioned it, I was like, "Yeah, I forgot about it." Like they they know, like we all know that you're, they're firing at us because you're already firing it's back at them. Brilliant. Otherwise, you're firing. Otherwise, you're firing at. <laughs> there are so like, many moments amazing. of characters explaining stuff that you see. It's literally yeah. like like there's a house and we're walking to the house and we've opened the door and there's a person yep. and that person's That's holding great. a pen and I'm holding a pen and we talk. There was and I said there this. Was a bit, 
There was a bit I wanted. There was two things that I think the film was missing. The first one was <laughs> really? when the tide. No, when the tide. Deep semi, to be fair. Hits the well, that would have been yes. They missed the film. Steve Buscemi riding the moon. That's what I wanted to see. Oh, that'd be good. So there's a bit when they're in the hotel having that the meeting with all the best minds of America, which is obviously a joke. And <laughs> a tidal wave hits, and it, a tidal wave hits, and it kind of sends all these ships and boats and water into the hotel. Yeah, like it floods the hotel. Yeah. The thing that was missing from that scene was sharks. Yes, how could yeah. there not be any there, sharks in the water? Like that would have been incredible. That would be great. And the second thing that's missing from the film is I wanted uh, 20 minutes more of Patrick Wilson and John Bradley in bathrobes talking shit in a motel room. There's a bit where they're just sitting around, like they've been at a spa all day. I have, I have no it's idea. Amazing. Like, the film is amazing. The film is in amazing. disaster film, amazing. Film. The amount of times yeah. in a disaster film people stop to do something, but normally for like 30 oh, yeah. seconds, right? They right. literally go to bed. In a yes, hotel room, <laughs> after a tidal wave has hit it, together, together, together. together. Just to together. be clear, it's a hotel. There's loads of rooms. Of yeah, no one's yeah. in the hotel. No, they go to the same bedroom together and shower or something. I don't uh, yeah, and then go to the spa, come back up, come back up, go to sleep, <laughs> and then, then all of the, like, and I'm like, hold on a sec. A literally a tidal wave has just wiped wiped out like the whole of LA. Everything. Yours is the only yeah. building left standing. Secondly, to your own admission, in three days, the moon is going to destroy the planet. And you have time to lay in a bedroom and have a nap because, well, why not, right? They're like a bickering, at that point, they're like a bickering couple. By the way, I absolutely loved it, but I loved it. And they'd only met once since then. It's not like they had like a deep history. They fell in love quick. But also, as far as Patrick Ross is concerned, <laughs> John Bradley's crazy. Like, he's a crazy person. <coughs> I'm not even going to get to the, like, so Doctor Strange love ending and shit. It's like, uh, yes. it's just absolutely fucking insane. In what is all the best ways point, possible. Very quickly, uh, when John Bradley during the final solution, if I can call it that, the thing they're going to do to fix everything, John Bradley ends up taking Patrick Wilson's position in the final yes. thing, right? Being very brave and courageous to do so and all of that stuff, right? He's sacrificing his life, essentially. He looks back at them, knowing that they can't stop him doing what he's doing. And he says, tell my mother I loved her. Tell, oh, tell my mother I was brave, all that stuff. And Patrick Wilson should have just said, why? Because his mum doesn't remember him. <laughs> don't you remember this? His mum doesn't remember who he no, is. No, she doesn't. So it's completely... I mean, obviously, it's a lovely little moment. But I would be like, there's no point telling your mum because oh. you don't remember what you're doing what's wrong with your mum. She's completely seen no one doesn't okay. remember Okay, so look, and I, I think I that's, that's a hard be, recommendation from us, right? I love this film. It's 10 out of 10. It will probably be in my top 10 of the film a uh, year, and it will probably be in my bottom five, just, you know. But it, it's... I Honestly, it was a film I didn't know I needed. Same as Jackass, actually. I don't think yeah. I knew I needed Jackass. I, I watched Jackass on, I think I watched Jackass on the Sunday and I watched Moonfall on the Tuesday. And it was literally like the most mm. glorious. T- I've get, yeah. I've given this a six, a, a three out of five, right? And the reason I've given it a three out of five is because I genuinely can't decide if this is a one or a five star movie. It's not going to d- diminish the fact that I will not enjoy a film as much as I have done this other than Jackass this year. 
Um, this year is truly the year of stupid. Yeah. So look, let's really quickly talk disaster movies. We're not going to do like uh, our top five. But I just want to say like, Ross, no. if you were to recommend disaster movies, you recommend one, I'll do one, and then we'll just kind of flip and flop and then we'll be done mm-hmm. and we'll go home. I've only, so, got five. I've only got five. I've only got five anyway. Cool. Well, I'll go first thing because I've got six, so that'll work out better rather than mm-hmm. me doing two in a row. So my first one is 1978. It's Michael Caine and it is fucking atrocious. But I don't know why, but I always grew up loving The Swarm. Yeah, it's because it's just stupid. It's written by Oliver Stone, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just one of the most batshit mental kind of... It is it is the moonfall of its day. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, so I, I don't know. I just always I just always really like The Swarm. And it, yeah, it's the only movie, apart from that weird Netflix one about killer bees. And I think, you know, for me... <laughs> I think that's a win, right? Like, I think there should be more killer wasp movies or bee movies, whatever it was. So, the swarm. Your next, your first one, Ross. My first one is a pretty simple one. It's Twister. Oh, I really yeah. like Twister. Twister's Cow. a lot. Let's not bore. Bill Paxton is fucking awesome. Helen Hunt's great. I... Carrie Elwes is like Carrie Elwes plays an evil tornado hunter. I guess <laughs> is it like an evil hurricane? He's kind of evil. I think we're already establishing that that, that this genre is full of really stupid movies. Um, I hated Twister when I first saw it. I have grown such affection for Twister over the years. Twister has become... Twister and and a film I'm going to mention at the end, which you might mention, a certain space one. Um, I hated them both, and they're around the same time. And I have such affection for both films now. It is ridiculous. Um, I'm going to stick with films that people might not know about, but there's a 1961 movie in black and white which I've seen loads, and it used to be on TV all the time, called The Day the Earth Caught Fire. And the, the whole idea... Oh, that's, is a great, the, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, the sun gets too close. To, the, the Earth's orbit changes. And, like, mm. every it, like every year it's getting closer and closer to the sun. All the time it's getting closer and closer to the sun. And eventually, it's just such a good disaster movie. And it's just... Yeah. No one talks about it anymore. And I felt it really deserved to be mentioned. So, I, I cannot not mention this TV movie. It's a British film called threads oh 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 my god i don't it's know the why most the harrowing, i didn't mention it's this. the most it's the most harrowing of like most of all of the other ones i've picked are what i would call at least fun yeah you know what i mean like <clears throat> threads oh. is it should be we watched it in school we watched it in school oh um mate like, i can't Just... i cannot recommend the film enough in terms of you want to start taking some shit seriously watch threads i I just, just you mentioned very, very hard it has literally given me chills. And I'm not joking. That film is the most depressing, brutal, and genuinely effective movie I've ever watched in my life. It is it's terrible. It's really horrific. Um, and I, I, I just can't. I just, oh my god. Ooh. And it's I'm afraid of Mick. Mick Jackson, who went on to direct The yeah. Bodyguard and Volcano and, you know, some really... And L.A. Story with Steve Martin. Like, this guy's done some yeah. really quality films. This yeah. is... I mean, this is so... Like, you could not make this movie these days. No. Well, I was going to say, the closest thing that people have probably experienced recently would be Chernobyl. But Chernobyl, from what I understand, is a fucking pussy compared to Threads. Chernobyl like, is know, brutal. Nothing, nothing against, nothing against it. But, but yeah, just... Chernobyl is brutal. But it's oh. like it's it's voxel champion. It's voxel league football <laughs> compared to the Premiership right. of Threads when it comes to like horror. Right. I mean, oh my yeah. god, Threads is. I think Threads is absolutely one of the greatest pieces of film ever made. 
because it just, if, if anyone doesn't know what it is, just to be really clear, yes, yeah, that's it sorry, is about, uh, it is right. It is it is essentially uh, what would happen in a theoretical nuclear attack on London. On Sheffield. It was Sheffield. On Sheffield. Oh, Sheffield. My apologies. Yeah, Sorry. which makes it even more fucking random. Yes, you're right. That it's yeah, like, right. Yeah. it's like this, this Sorry, it is literally right. like Sheffield. And it's like, huh? Yeah. And it's like, huh? That's a random place. But it's, oh my God, it gives me chills just talking about it. Um, lightening the mood somewhat, from 1980, yes. I'm going to offer you Airplane. <clears throat> I was going to do Airplane. That was my number Cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's great. It's like, yeah, Airplane's it's a great disaster movie. I was thinking about doing like Airport 1970, you know, the one with Dean Martin right, yeah, or Airplane, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. And like, like, cause that's a that <clears> kind <throat> of set yeah. that, yeah, that kind of set the tone of these films. Yes, very much. Right. Well, we all, like, know that, we all know that Airplane is actually based almost entirely on the screenplay for a TV movie called Zero Hour. Yes. Like so much of it is in Zero Hour. I've seen Zero Hour. I think you get it on YouTube. You'll be forgiven for thinking you're watching kind of Airplane. Like it's, it's so unintentionally funny with the hindsight of airplane. Yeah, yeah, this is it. It's like, yeah, it's it's it works. What makes airplane brilliant and where spoofs have got lost over the years is airplane is a great disaster movie that's fucking hysterically funny. Yeah, exactly. Much like Hot Shots, Hot Shots is a Hot Shots is a brilliant action movie with a brilliant comedy element to it. They get both sides yeah. of it right. They know what yeah, they're doing. Exactly. So um, make it gun. Make it gun takes yeah. the hard-boiled detective team and just does it perfectly. Uh, your next one, sir. Uh, my next one, funny if it's a more recent one, in, along the more serious vein of Greenland. Greenland? Good shout. Yeah. Yeah, for, for Gerard Butler one. Greenland was really good. It's a really, really good film. Like it's everyone really film. It takes it takes it seriously as well. It takes yeah, it and apparently seriously. doing a sequel, which concerns me. Ah, oh, Greenland part two or something. Greenland, two. Iceland. Yeah, Iceland. Um, nineteen seventy-two bought us a all-star, an all-star disaster movie, um, and that is the Poseidon Adventure. Ah, that was one of my honourable men. Honourable in terms of the two, but we should probably touch on the Poseidon Adventure and Towering Inferno. Ter- they're yeah. so, the ten- they're the template, they're like the template disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible, I, incredible cast. I have, incredible. I have, I think I have slightly more love for Poseidon Adventure than Towering Inferno. Yeah, but it's very upsetting in places, ta- uh, Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, it is. It, there's it, some really upsetting moments in it. The best thing about Towering Inferno is that the leads had to have the exact same amount of words in the film. Yes, I'm aware of that. Yeah. And they had to have the, like the same kind of positioning on the post, or the, there was arguments yes. about positioning on the post as well. They're like, brilliant. Um, yeah, good, 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 good. Um, so yes, you did, you did Greenland. I did Poseidon mm-hmm. Adventure. Uh, my next one's going to be Outbreak. Oh yes. Oh, I love Outbreak. I didn't think of Outbreak. I thought <laughs> I love Outbreak. Yeah. And- I didn't really think of it as- I think it was an infection movie these days rather than a disaster. Yeah. I really love that movie. Great and and, and Great. by the same token, a film that's become scare, and, and this is kind of an honourable mention, but a film that's become scarily kind of current is Contagion. Yes. I watched that. <clears throat> I watched that on the plane coming back from New York three weeks before we went into lockdown. Right. Like, and you know when you're just like, I mean, I still think the greatest moment of that, uh, that has the greatest moment in cinema ever. It kills Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm like, I'm like, what a, oh, what a win. What a win. The, the whole world almost dying was worth it just to wipe her out, I thought. 
and her vagina scented candles. Um, oh, yes. Any others from you? Uh, a couple. Uh, Dante's Peak, out of, out, uh, of Dante's Peak and, out of Dante's Peak and Volcano. I love Dante's Peak. Yeah, Dante's Peak's good. I love it. So just loads better than Volcano. And then, it is. And Volcano was fine, but it took itself so seriously. And the whole thing, at the end, we all looked the same because they're all covered in ash. Was just, <laughs> embarrassing. just embarrassing. Just embarrassing. Volcano is fun, though. Like, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah, but Dante's yeah. Peak. Volcano's Dante's silly Peak, as fuck. Yeah, but Dog Test Peak is a really enjoyable get get off the mountain before it explodes movie. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's a fun. <laughs> the one, the one that we haven't touched on is a film called Miracle Mile from 1988, I think. Uh, which is so Miracle Mile is fascinating. It's it's about nuclear Armageddon, <laughs> and essentially keeping it light, sir. Keeping it light. A guy and a girl have like a. It's got goose in it. Yeah, everyone's in it. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Evans, everyone's in it. Um, they kind of have a meet cute and then they're going to have a date later that night. And then there's like a power failure. And then there's like a weird moment in a phone booth where the hero at the end of the story, like there's a phone ringing. It, like a phone Ooh, booth is just ringing. Okay. And he goes over I'm going to watch this. This looks really, this sounds really good. It's a really, 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 really good call. Yeah, phone, sorry. Film. It's a really good film phone call. It's a really good film phone call where he basically learns accidentally that nuclear war has started. Oh. And, and as the city sort of descends into chaos, he tries to reconnect with the girl. It's an incredibly exciting film that's also still quite, manages to somehow balance the tension and fear with like humour. It's a very, very, very good film. Like when you see it, if you haven't already seen it, you will be like, how the, first of all, how the fuck have I watched this? But it, it became a bit of a rarity. So it got re-released on Blu-ray again, which is great that I've got that. It, it is a really good movie. You'll be like, you will be glad you watched it. You know what I mean? What are yeah. Mate, I'm, fuck, I'm, so I'm, very, I'm very all good. in on watching that. that. That's hard on my it's list really of good. films to watch. Um, mm. So last one for me, uh, last one in, t- in total, I think, um, for this section. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I can't not mention Independence Day, right? It's it's of course. the daddy of disaster movies. I want to give a special mention as well, just because it's a film I've had such a journey on, right? Genuinely, I, mm. I, I've gone from hating this movie with an inhuman passion to <laughs> finding an appreciation for this movie that... And, and maybe, maybe just falling in love with it just a little bit, and that is Armageddon. Is it Arm- it's Armageddon? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I wondered if it was going to be Armageddon. It's a movie that I watched, and I was like, like this is this gets the moonfall stupid pretty quick, right? And, yeah. and it's still to this day, I still love the fact that they they train they train oil rig workers to be astronauts rather than astronauts to be drillers because you kind of think in terms of skill base drilling a hole must be slightly easier than flying a space rocket well you'd think <laughs> but like it, it like it is one of the last great bruce willis performances probably yeah that's, that's undoubtedly true it's it's like affleck is is chisel jawed america great in that movie mm-hmm. yeah like true. like it has got it has got like like Billy Bob Thornton is brilliant. Liv Tyler is adorable in that movie. Will Patton, it looks... one... yes, it does have one of the best lines ever, which is the whole "None of them want to pay taxes again." 
ever. <laughs> Bill Fitchner is love. acting in a completely yeah, Bill different. Bill Fitchner's great. Yeah, Bill Fitchner's great. He's in a completely different movie. Like it's got Keith David. It's got like Jason Isaacs. It's just like everyone's is... in it. Everyone's in it. And it's got that song, which again, as much as I hate that song, I've grown such affection for it over the years. It's... Again, once it, now, but it, once it all died down. <clears throat> it's Aerosmith who are awesome, but like it, at the time, for a couple of years, it was just a few years. It and and it made the film unbearable, like the whole thing. Yes, it did. But but it's also that great moment on the oil rig, on, on an oil rig, right? Where yes. Bruce Willis is chasing Ben Affleck after Ben Affleck admits to kind of having sex with his daughter Nobby, yeah. with Nobby a shotgun that he's firing on an oil rig. Now, I don't know I much know, about oil insane. rigs, but I'm pretty sure that guns and bullets and explosions and sparks are probably not good. Now, Phil, actually, actually, you see, you see what you've done there is you've missed out on the foreshadowing of the <laughs> fact that Steve Buscemi has that great line, who brings a gun into space? Yes. Okay, hold on. I, my mind is there just you know. literally... It, see, just... it was actually really good writing. There you go. <laughs> okay, hold on. Oh, yeah. My arts. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Something, something has just happened. And you know, sometimes you just go, what? How did I not know that? So the writing credits on Armageddon, mm-hmm. Tony Gilroy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And J.J. Abrams. Yes. I did not know oh, okay, that. Okay. Okay, now I know. They're probably, they're, probably, they're probably two of like 12 writers. Oh, uh, so there's one, two, three, four credited. So probably 500 in, in real life. Uh, oh, at least 12. At least 12. But, like, of all the disaster films that were happening around that time, like, Armageddon is just... Like, Armageddon was at peak Bruckheimer. Like, you had it Armageddon... And, and also, it, and whatever we say, it beats out the sort of slightly dreary Deep Impact. Yes, no, really. Deep Impact is such a dull film. Mm. Um, it's amazing. It's it's a genre full of... And, like, we haven't even touched on, like, like films like Day After Tomorrow and 2012 no. and all the kind of oh, like bullshit dude, that's come out. Dude, Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead. Even. Yeah, they're, Dawn they're of the, yeah, if you want to talk like like disaster movies, Day of the Dead yeah. is 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 like the ultimate, It's right? apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah apocalyptic. I mean, if you want like apocalyptic world has gone to fucking hell in a handbasket, mm-hmm. Day of the Dead is just... What I love... Oh, I've said this so many times. What I love about Day of the Dead is, is what happens when... Like it, it captures something that Walking Dead has touched on, but it's never really nailed very yeah. well. But it's like, like people having to work together, but society, there's no society, there's no societal rules anymore. No, exactly. and like it's that whole collapsing of everything. Like the last thing to go, like the threatening Day of the Dead is not outside. The threat is inside, and it's absolutely it's horrid. It's such a dark, brutal. If they've just worked together, it's also it's also to the point where you go, they can't bring this back. Like like if they're not gonna, you have to try. Like when you when you're, I don't know. Like if if you, if you fall to those whims, like oh I could just rape that chick or you know what I mean or whatever the fuck, yeah, yeah. or still or kill that person, take their food. If you don't resist that, how could you possibly ever? Ever. Get back to a situation and that's the thing of, actual, dead, right? of actual respect and society. And help. if yeah. you just think, "Well, I can just do that," then and nobody stops you. That's the other thing. You know, in Walking, in walking society, Dead, it's finished. In Walking Dead, there's always that that like there's always that glimmer of hope 
like that glimmer yeah, of yeah. optimism, that glimmer of everything holding will be it okay. Together, holding it together. Yeah, like like with Hilltop, they're, they're like producing their own food. Right. Day of the Dead has none of that. Day of the Dead literally is, yeah. we're in a bunker, we're probably the last humans alive on this fucking planet. And absolutely, we are going to, at some point, this fragile relationship is going to implode and everyone here is going to yes. die and it's not going to be yeah, the zombie's already- hands. They're already on a precipice when we meet them. They're already yeah. there. Sort of it's, ju- it's so on the edge, and it doesn't take much to tip it over. And and even though yeah. it's the zombies that kill them all, it isn't really. It's it's no. all because of the humans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, love, that. I love that film. I, I, I still, to this day, think it's the, the best zombie movie ever made. It's, it probably is the most, best post-apocalyptic movie, kind of disaster movie, because, like, and it's the best... Can you imagine watching that on, on a back-to-back with Threads? and then stick the road in afterwards do do threads day of the dead the road that's like the prince charles should just put a can you put it on the board at prince charles like like i feel like ending it all triple build Uh, (laughs) (laughs) wow all right guys you should put that on the board of the Prince Charles. I want a triple bill. Razor blades, th- razor blades, and arsenic and cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like literally, food. like the three least optimistic three movies. Cyanide, that's it. Cyanide, cyanide, cyanide razor. It's, it's the three movies that have absolutely no optimism in them at all. No hope. There is all, nothing no. positive in those three movies whatsoever. No. no. And on that happy note, <laughs> 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 where do people five. find out more about you, Ross? We got dark, man. Uh, fuck it up. We um, got dark. On all the social media things, you can find me at, at Ross Boyas. Uh, please also look up at Evo Films UK. We are distributing films and we may well be making some this year, but uh, keep some fingers crossed. Uh, and uh, so at Evo Films UK. Uh, and then also please also follow at Vengeance Film UK to follow the exploits of the action film franchise that I write and direct in that. Absolutely. And uh, check out uh, Phil, uh, uh, Phil's which takes you through to my letterbox page uh, where I am now rating and reviewing movies and I'm loving letterbox. It's such a good little thing. It's, my fav- it's one of my favorite things. For sure. Yeah. I can't believe it took me so long to do that. Um, and yeah. uh, you can check out Ross and Phil talk movies for more about this here. Then podcast uh, rate reviewers, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, because we really, really, you know, we really would like that. It's nice. Even if you said we're shit, I don't really mind. I like, I'm <laughs> so happening? beyond, I'm genuinely so beyond like caring. Like uh, I was talking to someone about reviews the other day and like mm. people said, I was talking to someone about Left 4 Dead after, I think it was, I think it was inspired by you posting that behind the scenes video. Oh. And I, I, like someone was like, That's how do fun. you deal with like bad reviews? And I, and I was like, I love them. Cause it meant someone watched the yeah. movie. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You should have said, how do I, de- how do I deal with them? I wrote some of them. Yeah, I did that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, people think I'm insane when I tell them that. And they're like, "You actually wrote bad reviews for your own movie." I'm like, "Yeah," because I don't think you're the only one. I don't think you're the only one. I, I, I think there's, there's, uh, what's the word? Conversation to be had with, like, you know, sort of. It's, it's uh, the problem is if everyone. You know. it, I always said this right. If, if, and loads of people we knew went on and put positive reviews, and that was great, right? They yeah. love working on the yeah. movie. They love watching the movie. Yeah. That's good, but it then looks like we're putting loads of fake good reviews on. So yeah, I always I did mean, it to balance it up so people had a more balanced overview. of Like, because we know, right, we know there are filmmakers, we're so off-piece, Ross, it's ridiculous. Um, we know there are filmmakers out there that, that, like, have their, 
Yeah, this is the best British movie mm-hmm. ever made. The best action movie ever made. Such and such is better and, than and look out, Halle Berry. And look out, and look out, and, and well, such and such that you such a shot that you've never ever heard of is the best actor I've ever seen. Really, yeah. Well done. Yeah, so and 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 like they have like it's so boring. I, I just don't know. How, I don't know how they have the balls to do it. I don't have a five hundred like ten star reviews, and you're like, hmm. Yeah. Is it though? Is it though? Anyway, uh, look, thanks for listening. We'll be back at some point uh, to talk about more movies because that's what we do. Yay. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheerio, Tati, bye. Tati, bye.